0: Welcome to the Jersey Heritage Podcast, where we give you access to fascinating historic sites and collections that are not generally open to the public. Today we're visiting the Radio Tower at La Corbiere, the iconic concrete tower that dominates a headland overlooking the lighthouse. This Second World War observation tower was built by the German forces who occupied Jersey from 1940 to 45. In recent years, it's been converted by Jersey Heritage into a very unusual self-catering property for commanding views of the island's dramatic south-west coast. So today we're up here at Corbier on Jersey's southwest coast. Um, it's a lovely sunny day, but as always, it's... Quite wild and breezy up here at Corbière. Um, as we arrived, there were some crows sitting on a rock, which was quite apt because the name Corbière actually comes from the French for Corbeau for crow. So it was known as a place of crows but also as a place of great shipwrecks. Obviously, the lighthouse is um, one of Jersey's most iconic landmarks up, up here on the southwest coast. But then we also have this enormous concrete tower which was built by the Germans during the occupation and today we're going to get a chance to go inside and find out a bit more about it. So I've been joined in the tower by Mark Yates of Jersey Military Tours. I know this is the first time you've actually been inside but it's got a very distinctive exterior, it really dominates the headland up here at Corbier. Is this a site where you would bring tours?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Corbier, certainly I, I bring lots of people up here to, to see Corbier, the fortifications here and its position. It dominates uh, St. Juan's Bay from the south and equally you've got a fantastic view around to Noirmore as well. So it, it was a very important part of the German fortifications uh, and that brutalist, Architect was it was built for a purpose, and that purpose was observation.
0: And it's not the only um, fortification in this area, is
1: it? Uh, no, there's there's lots uh, uh, down on the on the headland. There's four or five different bunkers containing weapons, uh, searchlights, uh, personnel shelters, and so on.
0: So the radar tower was built around 1942. I think it was one of three that were built but originally there were planned to be nine is that right?
1: Yes so there were three built uh, of nine plans so the idea was to have a, a ring of these towers around the island to replace an earlier system of observation bunkers and you know this was going to be the icing on the cake as far as the German fortifications uh, were concerned around the island because it would enable them to have what was then fairly high-tech observation and range-finding, um, and it was all consistent with the Germans' intention, Hitler's intention of, of keeping the Channel Islands German when the Germans won the war.
0: And how does this tower, obviously it's quite unique in that it's been converted into self-catering accommodation, how does it compare to the other towers, the one at Noirmoor and the other at Leyland?
1: Absolutely identical. I've never been into this one before, um, but haven't been into the other two, Uh, I was walking up the stairs and thinking, this is exactly the same as the others, and it it is literally identical. And that's how the Germans managed to build so much in that very short period of 1941-43, to when essentially everything that they built on the island was constructed. Uh, They built it to a pattern. So this tower is exactly the same as as the next.
0: And can you tell us or explain exactly the purpose of this tower and how... What happened on all the different floors?
1: So the, the, these towers, as I say, were observation and range finding. So the Germans put, placed many, many gun batteries around the island, and these, these gun batteries would have had a range of about 10 to 12 miles. Uh, so firing out almost as far as Sark, not quite as far as Guernsey, uh, and if you're going to fire artillery that sort of range, you need to be, able to be able to direct that fire. So you need to spot the targets and then work out where they physically are to be able to instruct the batteries to fire. And it it essentially means taking bearings um, and using range-finding equipment. Um, Range-finding equipment, up until they built these towers, uh, was essentially a long tube which had uh, lenses at either end, so you look through like binocular vision in the middle, and because one lens was fixed and the other one turned To coincide with the the the, the view from the other lens, when they coincide, you're able to read off the uh, the distance and get your range, and it all works on Pythagoras's theorem. You've got a a right angle, and if you know you've got a right angle, you can measure the other angle and know the distance between them. You can work out how far away it is. That's fine where the the ranges are quite short, and where what but what we're talking about is ranges which are let's say up to ten miles. So the, 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 you had to replace, the Germans had to think of a way of replacing these, these bits of equipment which were really for short-range finding, uh, with something which would cope with that sort of distance and so effectively the tower became each end of that long range finder uh, so rather than having a few metres between each end you now had in this case four and a half miles to the next one up at Le Um and that improved the accuracy and so you had a team of uh, a crew on each level and they would work in conjunction with another team at the adjoining tower and they would take bearings on a, a, a ship, feed that back to headquarters who would then be able to work out the range using uh, mechanical calculators and slide rules and tables, no computers at that, at that point, and then that would be fed back to the gun batteries to give them precise directions and ranges to which they'd fire their guns.
0: And what do you think of the way the tower's been converted?
1: I, th- I think it's fantastic. I, I, I mean, uh, it, it, for me, it's great to see that uh, these structures, which effectively are almost indestructible, um, being put to a, a, a good modern use. Um, so, uh, why not? You know, the view that you get from this tower is, 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 is fabulous, it's different. And to be honest, it's a holiday accommodation, what I'm seeing, it, it looks quite comfortable.
0: Yes, it's surprisingly cosy, even on... I mean, it's a sunny day today, but it is quite windy out there. It? Oh, is it always is, be air? And it is actually very cosy inside, isn't it? Yeah, surprisingly I,
1: I, so. I would guess that once you put a little bit of heat in here, even in the winter you got two meters of concrete, so you know as long as you get a little bit of warmth in the building, it's going to retain its heat, not not, not too badly. Mm, it's
0: interesting when we came in. The first thing you notice is the thickness of the walls, I and mean, yes. you really, when you walk in, you really get a sense of being in an incredibly strong, um, well, fortified building.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there was huge amounts of concrete and steel used, and that ultimately was you. Know, Part of the downfall and why the, the nine towers never got built—only three were built—because Germany ran out of those resources. It ran out of steel you know, uh, by that stage. By 1943, the Americans joined the war. Um, bombing of the German uh, war industry was uh, increasing, and so every time a factory was bombed, German factory was bombed, it probably meant that less steel was coming out and less steel meant they weren't able to complete the planned fortifications.
0: So I'm sitting now in the kitchen of the tower with Joe Hepworth, who's the Heritage Venues Manager. So could you tell us a bit about the particular challenges of turning this tower into a holiday accommodation? Yes, obviously the, the spaces
2: in here are quite unique and we've had to fit the rooms into... Um, a big concrete structure so you don't have much flexibility around the space so each of the bedrooms is a bit of an awkward shape we've had to have custom-built beds and mattresses in the bedrooms so they can fit because obviously with the round nature of the rooms so yeah a few few little tweaks there obviously we're in the kitchen now that's had to be custom built to fit again into this quite awkward semi-circle space um to fit that in here Mm -hmm. and what about the staircase was that put in or the staircase was already in here um so yeah but obviously the staircase is very narrow so that has restricted getting things in and out the tower specifically up to the top in the lounge um it's been difficult to get any furniture up in the lounge we've actually had to crane that in outside through a that there is at the top, thankfully. Really? Yeah. Well, it must have been quite an impressive sight. <laughs> yeah, so I had to get some new sofas recently and we had to actually crane them in the top. So it's not quite as easy as just popping a new sofa up there or a new table when we need it. Logistically, it's a bit more challenging. Yeah, but it's
0: really nice, the style in which it's furnished. I mean, it really sort of suits the quite modernist, almost Bauhaus style of the architecture of the building. Yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, other some of the other lets are a bit more... Um, antique in their furniture but this is sort of Bauhaus, quite sleek, um, grey sort of finished which fits in with the, the tower itself.
0: And could you tell us a bit about the reason behind restoring these historic buildings to make them into accommodation?
2: Yes I think it was a case of you know Jersey's got a lot of fantastic historic buildings around the island and back in the early 2000s it was a case of what could we do with these buildings? Um, They were just sitting there unused. And um, Jersey Heritage looked to Landmark Trust actually for inspiration that have a lot of converted holiday accommodation in historic buildings in the UK. And so that was the plan for for these buildings. So they were converted, I think this one opened in 2006. Um, And it's just a different way of using historic building and, and bringing it to life. Uh, Rather than just sitting there redundant, people actually get to use and experience this building in a different way. And also importantly, it helps generate money to not only keep this building restored and open occupied but also to restore other historic buildings and that's really a, a crucial part of using them
0: is to have that income to generate into the and Towers Fund. Mm. And and who comes to stay them? Are they equally popular with um, Jersey residents as holidaymakers? Yeah we're
2: extremely busy in, in both mm. markets. Obviously we have a lot of tourists that come over here and the Radio Tower is, is an iconic building we have a big draw from overseas visitors here um, but equally lots of locals want to stay in them again they're really unique fascinating places to stay so we have a lot of locals that book on stay here too. Mm, I guess they make
0: a really unique unique place to stay for a staycation. Yeah certainly
2: and at the moment like in the winter you see a lot more locals come and stay just for short weekend breaks and it might be a special occasion a like birthday or anniversary they'll come and stay in them and in the uh, sort of summer seasons you see more of those visitors, visitors come over and stay in
0: them. Mm. What about the other sites that we look after? Is, is this one of the most popular ones?
2: Radio Tower is definitely one of the most popular, but any of all, lots of our sites, especially the coastal ones, so Barger Ground, I've St. Wands, and Camp Tower are extremely popular, um, being right there on the beach um, mm. with amazing sea views as well. But each, each let has its own different character, has its own story, obviously, um, and they're all unique in their own way. So there's different appeals to each of them, and so therefore you see lots of locals wanting to come back again and again because they want to stay in the different properties and experience the different offering they have. But yeah, they, they're all very popular in their own right.
0: Mm. Well, I've been really excited to have a look around inside because I've seen the tower from the outside but I haven't been in before. So yeah, it's a really exciting opportunity. Um, Should we go upstairs and have a look at the main room at the top of the tower because I understand the views from there are really spectacular. Yeah, that's the best views on the island. (laughs) Wow, we're up here at the top of the tower and the view is absolutely amazing isn't it? I mean we're lucky that it is a really lovely sunny day, it's quite spectacular.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is what people, I think, come to stay here for. It's arguably one of the best views in the island, Um, 360 degrees, basically and I think any weather up here is also pretty spectacular even if it's stormy and rainy you get really dramatic
0: scenes yeah it's like so, I imagine yeah. A, 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 yeah, a stormy day would be pretty exciting yeah. being up here. the only weather
2: you don't want up here is fog because then you can't see anything <laughs> <laughs> that's the only weather you don't want other than that sunshine, rain you know it's, it's spectacular up here it's amazing
0: yeah I mean it's really lovely obviously we can we're overlooking the lighthouse but I mean you can see as you say the whole way around 360 degrees so we can see See La Rossiere, all the rocks and the old quarry workings and um, all around the coast, right across to La Rocco Towers at Wands Bay, it's absolutely amazing, really spectacular.
2: Yeah and today the other islands are really clear as well. We can see across to Guernsey and Sark looking really clear today.
0: Yeah, I can see this would be an enormous draw for people staying here. What What are the other things they kind of like about this site in particular? I
2: think obviously
0: the views are a big attraction
2: to people, but um, the the history of the tower as well. There's a big appeal in Jersey. People are interested in the Second World War history here, and um, this is the only. Um, German tower built here that you can stay in. Although many of our heritage lets do have additions that have been built or add ons to the property that were added in the Second World War, um, this is distinctly the only Second World War building that's part of our heritage let
0: portfolio. Mm. Well, I can see it would make a yeah, really memorable holiday. So thanks very much for showing us around. It's been great to see inside. We hope you've enjoyed this Jersey Heritage podcast. Further podcasts can be downloaded from the Jersey Heritage website or your usual podcast provider.